everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 248. Hello, it's been a bit, but we're here, we're back. And I just want to say that I feel like for the past couple of weeks, I've been kind of off my game. And I'm saying that very humbly because I've realized that I've been delaying my happiness or I've been attaching my happiness to a specific event in my life. And what I mean by that is like I've been just looking forward to new opportunities um, professionally. Let me say like that. And there was one opportunity that seemed like it was going to happen, um, which really frustrated me because they were the ones who reached out to me on some, hey, we saw your resume and we would love to interview you for this position. And, you know, it's, my thing is like, if you sought me out, you should go ahead and just hire me, right? Like if you saw me and thought, wow, she'll be great for this role. And sure, we do the logistical thing and go through the process and I ace every round. You should go ahead and hire me. Don't keep me on hold. Don't leave me on limbo and just have me waiting and stringing my, stringing me along. And just for me to first send an email asking for an update on my candidacy, then to tell me, oh, we should hopefully get, come to a decision by um, this specific date. And then when that date comes, I still have yet to hear from you. And so then I follow up again with my final follow-up email that I determined will be my final one just for the following day to get a response to that email saying uh thank you but no and i'm saying that with a question at the end because in that email what was said wasn't the typical we're moving forward with other candidates type of response instead it was just even though like obviously the the tone is a no, right? Like I, I got rejected. I didn't get accepted for that role. They didn't ho- offer me the position, but it's it wasn't specifically stated in the email. Instead, the email was just on some, you were a highly competitive candidate and we were so grateful to have met you and um, we anticipate more roles opening in the future. So we hope you keep us in mind. That That were the words used, that was the tone and that was it. Not once in that email was it said, Um, unfortunately we decided to go with someone else or thank you for your time but we have fulfilled this position or we decided to move forward with another candidate like none of that was said verbatim and it just felt like it was like I don't know how to break it to you but let me just like go around the bush and uh you cut you could kind of figure it out (laughs) um So yeah, like that happened, that was happening for the majority of May. The start of that experience was in early May and the whole process was a three, was a three step process in the hiring process just for me to not get the job was just like, what? And I think for me during that time, I was suspending my breath. Like I was holding my breath, waiting for that good news to be said, hey, we would love to offer you the position. I was waiting. It's like my happiness was conditioned based on that acceptance. And now that I did not get accepted to that role, I realized that that is not a healthy way to go about life. Like we should not hold our breath anymore. You know, like sure you could want something, sure you could desire this particular experience or an opportunity that whether you were sought out for or you went out of your way to search for, to seek, Um, but in the midst of that, you should still be living. You should still be present. You should still explore um, 
and I want to say other options. I'm just saying like you should still live life. And I think for me, I was not living my life. I wasn't focus on recording as I should have been and I wasn't doing my own like hobbies like I used to go on these walks pretty regularly every week every Wednesday in particular with a group of folks and I wasn't making that time priority I wasn't making that up um I was just like holding my breath waiting for my life to be to begin with this new role And for it to not happen was just like, nigga, I was holding my breath for what? You know? And maybe that was a lesson that I needed to learn. Like, like say if it did happen, I should not still have to hold my breath for anything. Like, I should still live and laugh and love and be and just breathe, you know? And not depend on an offer for me to continue living my life so that was a lesson learned and that's just like some background on why I haven't I don't know has been you know obvious to to you all but I just want to give you guys some insight on that and I will be more cognizant of just the way I do my life (laughs) because that's not okay it's not okay Uh, but let's go ahead and move forward so I was watching this interview on The Breakfast Club and it featured Janelle Monet. And you know, I've talked about her on a previous episode of the podcast and how I feel like she's full of shit. Um, and I think that she's performative and she's just like, not a real bitch. Like, I just think she's not who, I don't know if she knows herself, you know? Like, she started off in the industry very much like cookie cutter. Um, I want to say Disney. Let me not say cookie cutter, because when I think of cookie cutter, I think of, like, a Disney character. But, you know, when she started off, she was very much clothed, very much covered, and she stood on that and had statements about that, saying, like, you could still be sexy and feminine and, and beautiful and desirable, without your skin showing and um this far far leap that she has taken from being fully clothed looking like the peanut man to this I want my breasts out every second of the day scantily clad and I wouldn't even say scantily clad because it's really just the breast that she showcases Um, I haven't seen her ass like just out and about. She's not wearing these like tight clothes that really show off her whole figure. It's just one asset that she focuses on. And because the public for the most part is just so stupid, I'm sorry y'all. And it's never y'all, my listeners, because I feel like if you listen to this podcast, we're on the same wavelength. Like we see each other, okay? Shout out to Nene Leaks and uh, Candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta. But we see each other, but everyone else just stupid and dumb and just easily fooled, naive little bitches. Just like, oh, look at that carrot over there. Let me walk towards a carrot. Just so stupid, you know? And I say that because her instantly flashing her breasts, people are now so mesmerized and hypnotized by her and not calling a spade a spade. She's full of shit. She's full of shit. So in this interview, to add on to her full of shitness, she gets a little defensive with Charlemagne when he gently brings up a quote from her that she said years ago regarding her her attire and just her wardrobe and how, um, and this was years ago when she was dressed like the peanut man. Um, and she was saying how like, something about like, you know, you don't have to show your skin to be sexy or not to say she was down talking women who were dressing more scantily clad. Um, but she was just making the stance that you don't have to show skin to be sexy and to be liberated because that was what she stood on. That was what she stood on back in the day. 
That is that was her stance. And she would often say she was wearing these peanut man suits to show honor and reverence towards the family members in her life who work service jobs, you know? So that was her stance on it. And she did say that, should say that. So like when Charlamagne was bringing it up, she's like, uh, no, when did I say that? Like instantly she got all buck with him. Like, bitch, this whole like calm voice that she had initially instantly changed when he called her out on her ish. And so when he brought up the quote, because first he was just saying it very casually, and she's like, no, point out when I said that. And so eventually he found the article, and it was it was from an Essence article. And um, she's like, oh no, well, they omitted that. They omitted um, the rest of the quote. And she's like, that is so interesting how, basically how a magazine could just edit and not give the full story. And it's like, oh, this whole cop-out excuse. You know how celebrities be like, oh, it wasn't the full, um, it wasn't the full interview. This this wasn't my word. You know, you changed my words. You added words to what I said. And like, girl, you said, that was what you said. However they used it, or they decided to cut out one quote, but like, regardless, you said what you said, okay? Like, st- stop acting like you didn't. Let me see if I can find it, actually. Um... <sighs> Anyway, yeah, so she's like, oh, quote, people don't ask, uh, people don't ask Jay-Z to take his shirt off when he rhymes, um, and she's trying to redefine what it means to be sexy and what it means to be a woman. Showing my skin is not what makes me sexy. That's what the fuck she said. Okay, excuse me. And so my thing is, okay, so stand on that. And then on the cover of this magazine, she says, quote, I made a decision to be unique, unique. And that's what she was back in the day. Dressing like the peanut man, looking like she's stuck in the 1940s. That was a choice that she made, okay? And it was deliberate. She wanted young girls to know that you don't have to be uh, showing your skin and be fully naked to feel sexy. You could be sexy modestly. You could be sexy with a gown on and not some hip tight covering, you know, um, dress. That's, That's what you said. And look, I'm all for change, right? Like, I think it's fine to evolve and change your mind and not think the way that you did. You know, obviously, when I started this podcast to where I am now, I'm way different in my thought process. Um, You know, politically, I think I started off as a Democrat and now I'm like a full blown mega. (laughs) It's a joke, is it? Um, anyway, the point is, I wanted her to stand on it. I wanted her to be like, yes, I did say that because that's what I felt at the time. And I stood on that for many years. But afterwards, life happened and I rediscovered a new version of myself and I'm loving my body more and I feel comfortable sharing it. And I think you could still be sexy fully clothed as well as naked and I want to experience myself in this version of myself like that that would have been fine that would be like you know what I I feel that that's real because you should change right like you're you shouldn't be the same person you were when you was 22 like in some areas in your life you should be a changed person so I think it was okay for her to change her mind, but to deny as if she's never worn those peanut gallery suits, as if she never said what she said about, quote, showing my skin is not what makes me sexy. Bitch, that's what you said. So when he called her out on it, afterwards she's talking about the double standard. It's like the 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 lazy go-to excuse that a lot of women, a lot of feminist women will say to to kind of dead the argument. Like, oh, this double standard between men and women. Oh, the misogyny is 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 leaking and 
you know, why can't a man do it and I can't? And she was talking about how, like, Jay-Z, no, no. She was saying how, how come no one asked Rick Ross to cover his titties? How come no one asked um, D'Angelo to cover his titties? It's like, girl, cut it out because men can't give birth. How about that? Because men can't give birth. <laughs> Unless you had, shut up, I'm not doing that with y'all. I'm not doing that with y'all. No, there are two genders. <laughs> It is every episode if I need to. But seriously, there are differences for a reason. And sure, there are some double standards when it's like, you know what? That's annoying, but it is what it is, dog. Like, you have to accept the differences between men and women. Like, stop trying to be a man. And men, stop trying to be women. I cut it out. And then there was a part, oh, there was a couple points throughout the interview. I was like, let me just watch for kicks and giggles. And you know, it started off very, um, very well, I think. Like, I, I agreed with some things that she said in the beginning of the interview on how. So, the new album is called The Age of Pleasure. And they were talking about just the title alone. And she was giving some um, reasons as to why she named it that. And she was saying how, when. Uh, like previous to this age that she's in um this age of pleasure that she's in she was in an age of anxiety she was in an age of depression she was in an age of confusion she literally said those things and she was explaining how she never gave herself permission to be present to appreciate life or to just kind of be and just like how just like how I started this episode and how I was suspending my happiness dependent upon whether I got the whether I got the job or not. You know, I was I was delaying myself from feeling happy until I got that confirmation of you got the job. And I just think that's not the way to live, you know, and watching this interview, I agreed with her so much on that point. Like, yeah, you know, we have to be present right now. We can't wait until we get that event started in our life. We can't wait until, you know, something happens for us. Like our happiness should not be dependent upon external things, you know, so it's about rewiring your mind and maybe your expectations also but like definitely it's an inner working thing that you have to experience and go through so I really love that part in the beginning of the episode of the interview and then when she got to this bullshit ass you know I'm so defensive just being so defensive about how Charlemagne called her out on it and he called her out very you know Charlemagne has grown the old Charlemagne would have been much um ruthless uh, well, actually ruthless. I mean, because saying much ruthless will imply that he was slightly ruthless. He wasn't ruthless at all. So there was a lot of growth in Charlemagne uh, during this time. But I just feel like it was just so sucky of her to just act like she never said what she said and she never stood on those morales. Like, it's okay if you stood on that back then and you changed your mind, just stand on that. Like, okay, I changed my mind. You could absolutely evolve. You could absolutely change your mind and be whoever you want to be. We see that a lot this day and age. But don't act like you wasn't who you were back then. St- stand in that truth also, okay? And so... Um, yeah, so she got a buck in that moment. And then she was talking about how, and she, oh yeah, she, so she kept on repeating, you know, as a non-binary woman, or did she even say woman? I think she just said person. But she definitely kept on repeating non-binary, non-binary. And I was so happy to hear that Charlemagne and Envy did not even care to ask her, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, or like, you know, some questions on some, you know, you keep saying you're non-binary. Could you explain what that means? And how did you get to this point? Like, they didn't, they didn't care at all to even inquire. And I was so happy to see that because it felt like she was giving them the bait to ask because the amount of times that she kept on repeating non-binary non-binary no it was like girl okay we get it you're delusional got it so it was that um there was so many other things i just felt was so ridiculous and it felt like an agenda being pushed down our throats because i think she came into this interview on some checklist type of time like 
here's here are these key words that I plan to say to uh, engage the audience about this topic in particular. She kept on repeating LGBTQIA plus and trans rights and you know trans being taught in school and being identified or stuff like that and um just like these these key hot terms she kept on repeating and she was also she mentioned this bullshit ass um example which wasn't an example because it was bullshit she was saying how um in some states a trans person just wearing what they wear could get arrested and put to jail and i'm like that's a lie where 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 in america is it that a trans person wearing whatever clothing that they're wearing they're getting jailed for that that's never happened like stop stop being more of a victim than you think you are like it was just such a ridiculous ass interview after a certain point i was just (laughs) shaking my head like this girl is delusional or this non-binary person is don't fucking know what she's talking about you non-binary but you a woman though okay you non-binary but you're embracing your femininity you're recognizing your breasts this time around you're showing your breasts off you're fully in your womanhood like it's not even you know it's not even a question that she's a woman right like we could see that you're a woman you know how some folks who are in that type of time they're like you can't really tell their gender even though you could tell but you kind of like i don't know how based on how the person's dressed no no no. this this woman right here this woman right here is dressed as a woman okay embracing her beauty as a woman her femininity and for her to come on this pod um this uh radio show talking about non-binary i'm non-binary i'm non-binary it's like girl uh, you, you got a pussy right you got breasts right okay but gender and identity shut up oh yeah that interview really just made me grind my gears Let's talk about another interview that grinded my gears. So Devon Franklin was on The Breakfast Club as well uh, during a separate uh, time. And uh, so he started off the interview, it was like towards the beginning. I don't know if he started it off like this, but I guess he has a new book out. I don't know what he was promoting, I, I forget. But he was saying how like, if a person doesn't make time for you, then that is them telling you that you're not a priority in their lives. If a person is too busy for you, that means you're telling that um, the recipient that you're not a priority in my life. I don't care to make time for you. And he was saying how Barack Obama always made time for Michelle. Barack Obama, as when he was a president for eight years, he always made time for his wife, right? So why can't your man do the same? Why can't this be reflected in your relationship if Barack Obama could do it to his wife? And it's like, nigga, shut up. I'm saying shut up because he is drawing these unrealistic ass expectations. Were you a priority in your your marriage that you divorced from Megan Good? Huh? Can we talk about that? <laughs> Can we talk about that? Talking about oh, if Barack Obama, if could Devon Franklin? <laughs> have made a priority in Megan Good's life, you know, and that could have prevented the divorce. You know, um, so there's this clip going around of him saying, or the, the, well, the, the headline is, when someone says I'm too busy, they're saying you're not enough of a priority for me to adjust my day to communicate with you. And I think, here's the thing, I think there's a lot of things that could be true about this statement, right? I think there are instances in which the partner is 
not making enough time for you, right? Not caring to check in, not caring to be present with you, not caring to arrange dates and outings with you and yada, yada, yada. There's, there's definitely some truth in that in in some maybe many circumstances but that's not the case all the time like not everyone is available all the time or when you want them to be available and that doesn't mean that their love for you or that their their priority that they have for you is not in the highest reserve. Like that doesn't mean that. That just means that person works a job, right? That person is working a job. That person is working towards their goals. That person is pursuing their dreams. Like it's not this like like this um clear cut definitive response you know and I was actually very proud to read the comments and seeing that many people felt the same way as I did like stop selling people a dream stop selling people this idea of how a marriage or relationships should look like when it's not realistic people are living their lives respectively And we just so happen to create relationships with each other. And in those relationships, we decide what is our our deal breakers. You know, what is the thing that we will commit to? You know, what do we find a priority for us within our union? You know, whatever that union looks like. And I think this whole like, oh, well, if you don't, make time if you don't you know respond to the text quick enough if you don't do this if you don't do that quick enough it's like no that's not all the that's not the case all the time there was a fame not famous what did i say that um there's this quote or this comment actually that i read recently in that post that i wholeheartedly agree with and uh, i want to give a shout out to that person her name is maya danny four and this person says here the reason i don't agree with this is because barack did say he was too busy (laughs) and i'm saying that because he keeps on using barack obama and Michelle Obama as a reference here. Like, no, if you guys haven't noticed, there was a there was a recent clip out of Michelle Obama saying how she hated her husband. Maybe I don't know if it was hate the word or maybe it was, but she said she didn't like him. I, yeah, I think she just said she didn't like him. She didn't like him throughout the first 10 years of their marriage, y'all. That's a long ass time. And maybe there were some moments, of course, she did like him. But throughout the first 10 years, it was very difficult for her to like him because she was raising their children more hands on while he had a life outside of them. And not to say that he was having a whole other relationship or whatever it is, but he was golfing. He was hanging time, hanging out with his boys. He was working also, and he was building his own self. And she was kind of left quote unquote with their kids, raising them on her own. And during this time, yeah, she said she didn't like him and it was difficult for her to to like him. Um, and there's this recent interview of, of, of Barack Obama talking about how, you know, he did his best during that time and he didn't appreciate Michelle saying that. <laughs> but he did admit to maybe not being as hands-on as she was and he could understand how she felt that way. Okay, sure. Anyway, the point is, that is a clear example of him not making time for her. (laughs) Of him not holding her as enough of a priority. Does that mean he didn't love her? Does that mean he didn't care for her? Does that mean he, you know, didn't really stand in that marriage? No, it just means like life happens and sometimes your person is not always going to be available in the way that you want them to be available, you know? And you decide whether or not that's a deal breaker and if you can't move past it, then you go from there. But let me go ahead and finish this comment. So she says, the reason I don't agree with this is because Barack did say he was too busy. That's why Michelle said he she didn't like him for 10 years. He wasn't present, didn't help enough, and was neglectful. She stayed because she attached to she was attached to his perfect 
purpose, a purpose partner, and he has redeeming good qualities. But this narrative is setting people up for an unrealistic marriage. The realities of marriage are there are times you or they will be too busy, stretched too thin, at times, whether it's illness, and she talks about her sister, yada, 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 you have to, you, you have to, pr- sorry, you have to prepare and plan to not let this be the standard and to make dates a must. But this narrative just comes off as if we're not allowing people to be human. Let's see what their barrier is first. I think we should teach more about connecting. And this was so profound to me because it just, it just hit it right on the head. Like, we have to let people be who they are. We have to let people be human beings, you know, be attached to their specific goals and dreams before they decided to marry you and or create a life with you or just be in a relationship with you. Like, you're not all they have <laughs> you know like your like your partner should not be only obsessed about you or maybe obsessed either like even so like I think there should be maybe a healthy amount of obs- obsession even though like that may be an oxymoron but nonetheless you should not be restricting your partner from living his or her life like let your partner go out with his friends and you know explore some hobbies and like outside of you and maybe with you at times also but like if he dares to go out with his friends don't see it as a slight so this whole like it's just again you know social media and all of these things are just ugh, they're setting us up for failure making us think that we are we are supposed to be in these picture perfect marriages and then when we go into these marriages thinking that to be true we realize oh no this is not a reality (laughs) this is not something that actually happens and what was i thinking like this is not real so oh anyway i just i just think it's so annoying when people do that and i'm just so over the dream selling the the dream hustle that is seemingly the currency of social media and i was learning more about that just just from memory of me following this other account i don't follow her anymore because i just got so annoyed with just this image she was portraying she was very much like everything is perfect I am married to this to this tall basketball player. I think he only plays overseas though. And we have our oh, and we got married, and um, oh, we're pregnant. Oh, we're pregnant again. Oh, we live in this beautiful house, this big house, and um, oh, I'm a Christian, and you know, God is at the center of it all, and and she's an influencer, and so. Uh, her job is to show us pictures of herself and her family and um basically we're voyeurs in her life you know if you choose to follow her and after a while I was looking at her images I'm just like what am I looking at (laughs) like what is this like what am I what am I being conditioned to believe you know oh that this is the life that is so accessible for everyone this big house, all you gotta do is is model in these pictures. All you gotta do is build a build your own social media profile following. All you gotta do is find a tall six five husband who's who happens to also be God fearing. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's God fearing. I bet God fearing with these hoes. Like stop, like. And what I'm saying is, sure, maybe there are examples of of real life marriages that are (laughs) true. (laughs) Maybe I'm a little pessimistic. I don't know. I just feel like keep it 100. You're not happy. (laughs) You know, you're not happy that you have to always flaunt your family and people's faces. You're not happy that you always have to have a camera in your face. You always got to picture your family. You always got to put a camera in your in your children's face. You always got to record and record and record. And sure, it's making you money. Maybe you are happy with the money part, but are you happy? 
Is this what you wanted with your life? Is this it? Having to be at someone's beck and call, and by someone I mean the public, mass amount of people who you don't even know, who are now expected to to know every bits of your life, who now feel entitled to who you are, and and you know what school your daughter goes to. Oh, uh, what food coloring do you use for? <laughs> The, the cake I don't know but you know I just think it's just ridiculous like what are we talking about I don't know these influencers their job is to sell a dream they want to sell you a dream and when you get caught up and you buy that dream and you realize for yourself this was bullshit you feel you feel cheated you feel slighted you feel made to be a fool and I'm here to prevent you from falling victim I'm here to call it out Okay, that was one example. There's another example of this other social media account that I used to follow, but I stopped again because I'm just like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> and she is this. Um, she, she has this natural hair, um, profile. Like I guess that's one of her like focus on her social media page. Her big fluffy natural hair, and uh, her marriage and motherhood, and. Uh, in God so like her faith is another like that's her focal point in her profile and in her influencership so I was looking at her posts and one of the posts several of the posts but one of them in particular you see her and her husband there at the dining area in their house and their house looks so aesthetically placed and put together and the decor is just so so neat and wow your house have all the all the aesthetic colors and all of the oh you have whimsical chimes in the back in the background oh my gosh look at the aroma scent that i see in the air it's just like can y'all kiss my ass <laughs> just and then you see him opening his Bible. <laughs> I'm so sick of y'all. He's opening his Bible and she's opening hers and they're laughing and connecting about God. It's like, okay, did he did he wipe the dust off the Bible first before he opened it? Did he wipe the fucking dust off? Like, can we cut it out? Like, it's the bullshit for me. It's the bullshit. Wipe the dust off before you come and convince me that you're God-fearing. Like, shut up. And then the caption's talking about, um, it's, it's important to, like, uh, read the Bible with your partner or something like that, you know, or make time to read the Bible. It was something like that. It, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. There we go, selling a dream. Because, of course, you're reading the Bible with your husband. Oh. <laughs> and look, again, I'm not saying this can't happen. I'm just saying this this is not happening. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying this, is, this isn't happening. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you're, you're purposely placing yourself in a position to appear as if this is a norm, and it's not. And I'm here to call it out. It's not happening. It's not real, okay? Maybe you do that at your church, right? Maybe you hang out with the group of people there, you know, as part of a fellowship thing. But this idea of you actually doing that at home, the kids are just so well-behaved and well-dressed in their home on a Tuesday night, and you're reading the Bible with your husband. You're selling a dream. You're selling a dream. I'm sorry. I'm just not here for the BS, dog. Like, let's keep it a buck. Okay. So let's talk about cosmetic surgery. Oh, this is such a sad news. Um, I don't even know this person. Um, I know DC Youngfly, and I think I've probably heard of Jackie O, or maybe I've seen pictures of them together. I I just I wasn't a, like a follow of hers. Apparently, she had a. Uh, a very lucrative YouTube page and she had a lot of subscribers. Anyway, so she is known as Jackie O. Her real name is Jacqueline Smith and she was a mother of three. She was a partner to DJ Youngfly. I think that's his name, right? DJ Youngfly. And um, she was also a cast member of Wild and Out for five seasons. 
So, so she had her own thing going on before she became a wife. Well, I don't think she was a wife to him, but before she before she became a parent and a partner to DJ Young Fly. Um, so she recently passed, and it was in result of complications from cosmetic surgery that she had in Miami. And she was undergoing a, quote, mommy makeover. And this surgery is actually like three in one. This is a three in one surgery, meaning you get your breasts done, you cut out fat from your size, um, you, you know, put the fat uh, in your buttocks area, you probably fix your nose too. It's a whole redo of who you are and how you look. Um, And of course, with any surgery, especially with cosmetic ones, elective surgeries, there's a risk that you may not make it out alive. Um, But unfortunately, in this day and age, people are willing, women are willing to take that risk and see how it goes because the pressure that either is placed on them or that they place on themselves and just the mindset around this type of look of big booty, BBL, curves, this slim and yet curvy look that is unmatched to your thigh ratio to your butt this is so much of a norm now uh, that many women are willing to take the risk many women are willing to go and see what happens because they really want this body they really want to look like this they really want to go forth with this um surgery and it's very sad because you could die. And for what? For what? So you could have a fat ass? So you could have, you know, triple time size breasts than you've had before? Just to what? Look like a video vixen? And then to then now experience some... Um, long drown out drawn out side effects from it like there are too many horror stories of getting these types of surgeries for women to still go about and going through with it like i just it's really sad it's really sad that the society that we're in is promoting such culture you know, and the, I don't think this is one person to blame, right? I don't want to fixate on Kim Kardashian, the whole Kardashian family, or fixate on any celebrity, really. I, it's just a collective. It's a collective thing. It's a collective pressure that has been placed on women, whether it's by other women or by men. I know this has been somewhat of a target on men now because for whatever reason, feminists want to find ways to still blame men. Um, But, oh, I blame men because if it wasn't for men wanting this type of body, women wouldn't feel pressured to go about having these surgeries. And I just think that's not always the case. and That's unfair. Like, again, it's not just one demographic that's to blame. So that's why I'm not placing the blame on celebrity culture or Kardashians in particular. It's it's a collective. It, it is Kardashians' fault. It is some men's fault. It is like there's a lot of people who is to blame and I would even say the doctors the doctors who promote these surgeries and not highlight the risk that you are taking you know this should be done very exclusively this should be done hush hush like and nowadays it's like a badge of honor to have gotten a bbl you you now could wear it as a badge of honor and be bold in saying it because 
Ooh, you got your body done. Okay, you look, you know, when back in the day, you, it was hush, hush. No, I didn't get my body done. No, this is all natural. This is real. My nose is real. What it's like, no, it's not though, <laughs> you know? Um. Anyway, so she, she passed. She passed away. There was some complications. I don't know the specifics of that. Like, I don't know if she had some heart issues or whatever the case was, but judging from previous photos that i'm looking at of her she's she was already beautiful she already looked just fine and i don't know she already had i don't know she had surgery before and she wanted to get more because she did have three children so of course a woman's body changes after having children and maybe she of course this was this is titled a mommy makeover um so who knows but nonetheless I I just it's sad that a lot of women do feel like they need to have this they need to have this surgery they need to risk their lives to look like this just to possibly not make it out alive you know and this is so accessible for for everyday women also like everyday women are now looking into getting surgeries themselves instead of figuring out ways to either embrace their bodies as they are you know embrace your big nose right like you know things like that that's like come on you like no matter how many times you work out you can't change your nose right but like if you wanted to decrease your weight you could do that in a way that is healthy that does not allow for you to get surgery for you know so you could just change your diet you could be more active you could move your body more you could hire a trainer you could go to the gym you could just be more mindful of what you eat there's so many things that you could do naturally that could result in you being the weight that you desire the first choice shouldn't be surgery it shouldn't but unfortunately people are gonna have to figure out on their own right and if that means falling into a ditch then that's what it means and maybe this could be a cautionary tale for many women to to just not go ahead and proceed with something like this because to die from elective surgery I feel like that is the most frustrating thing Uh, I don't know if that's even the right adjective to use but I would say that is the most frustrating because it's like damn you didn't have to do that you know like it'll be one thing if you had to have surgery because you know you had some heart palpitations and you need to change your heart like you know stuff like that but if you you didn't need to go under the knife right you didn't need to get your breast done you didn't need to get a tummy tuck you didn't need to get a bbl and all these things you just needed to embrace yourself and do what you can naturally and that's it you know so not all, all in all this is still sad news and rest in peace jackie o so I'm seeing a lot of trend of I'm seeing some trend of black men wearing nail polish not the clear kind the colored kind on their fingernails and I'm here to tell you please stop I'm here to tell you this is not attractive you do not need to express yourself like this stop it like Oh, I remember another part in the interview with Janelle Monet. She's talking about, oh, you know, she's not about, like, she denies respectability politics. And respectability politics is basically, for those who may not know, when you have to, or you feel pressured maybe to look apart in order to obtain a role. You know, like, dressing professionally that's a part of respectability politics um presenting your yourself in a way that shows decorum that's respectability politics and y'all know where i stand on this i am all for respectability politics if that means come to work fully dressed if that means come to work without wearing crocs and wearing some real shoes closed-toed shoes if that means coming to work and not having a mini skirt or your underarm showing or wearing shorts like then I'm all for respectability politics because we are losing decorum or we've lost it actually in many instances and I just think I just think it's inappropriate like no I don't want my doctor wearing saggy pants 
No, I don't. It's not about, oh, appeasing to white people. No, it's about looking well, being presentable. Like, what the fuck are we doing right now? What are we talking about? And she was saying how, like, oh, the, the guy with the saggy pants is not less valuable than the guy wearing a suit. And it's like, it's not about, look, I'm not trying to determine your value. We're all valuable people as human beings. Like we all possess some level of value. The point is professionalism. I'm not gonna hire the guy who's wearing flip flops, who has stains on his shirt, who barely knows how to string a sentence along just because, oh, I don't wanna appease the respectability politics and no, dress the part. And there is a part to be dressed. So stop, like cut it out, dog. Like stop with this woke bullshit because you're being, you're being disingenuous right now. You know, and Charlamagne called her out. He was like, well, he didn't call her out, but he just decided to disagree. Like, nah, wearing saggy pants is whack. Like, after a certain age, you shouldn't be wearing that. She's like, but why, though? You should. Like, it shouldn't matter. Like, but it does matter. Like, what world are you living in, Janelle Monet? <laughs> and look, I'm very much of a dreamer myself. Like, I'm very much of a ethereal or it's an ethereal being like I, I like to be in the clouds and I'm not even a smoker right but I like to be in the clouds too like this being in reality sucks sometimes because it's like oh fuck bills responsibilities a job working like all of that sucks but you have to find an e equilibrium you have to find some level of balance between the two you, and you're not wearing saggy pants to work like cut it out dog stop stop it and then oh yeah and then there's another part I, she was referencing a song so one of her new songs on her one of her songs on her new album I guess she talks about a threesome and she was talking about the setup of a threesome like if you're at a party and you happen you happen to be looking at one person and another person and all three of you guys just kind of connect and come together she was saying how like that should be embraced and there should be space for that um and Charlamagne was like yeah I can't listen to this with my wife um and Janelle Monet's like oh well why why not <laughs> He's like, well, she hasn't listened to it yet, but basically, like, nah, my, my my wife wouldn't be down for, like, no, we're not doing that. Basically, basically shutting down the the possibility of having another person in the in the intimacy realm. Um, and she's just like not understanding why that is a boundary. Like, why? Why not? Everyone should just kind of be free. And it's like, girl, stop. Stop and shut up. And it's like, <clears throat> I just feel like, let's just be honest here. Not everyone is about that life and that's okay. Like stop trying to push that. Again, it felt like she came in with an agenda. Stop trying to push an agenda for people to be hypnotized with because ooh, you wanna show your breasts. Like, no, not everyone wants to have threesomes. Not everyone wants to live in polyamory or polygamy. No, and that's okay. You know, like some people want to do that. Cool. Some people don't. Cool. Like, don't now, don't like dismiss those who don't want to do that and call them nerds or, ew, or call them conservatives in a dismissive tone. You know, when people say conservatives, they say it in a negative, condescending tone, in a MAGA tone. And it's like, no, I could be a conservative and you don't have to dismiss respect me for that like that's not a bad thing that's not a bad moniker to have oh that that interview <laughs> check it out y'all maybe <laughs> let me let's discuss it you know if you want to check it out let's check it out check it out and then come back and we could talk about it some more but like oh lord she was so annoying so performative and fake dog was, she definitely came in with an agenda like how can i say non-binary 500 times how can i say lgbtqia plus 500 times how can i talk about the patriarchy and misogyny and oh yeah let me end the interview off by saying i don't shit my armpits ah, like it's like she wants attention so bad and she's learned that oh when i show my breasts i get attention it's pretty sad anyway Back to the nail polish. Black men, please stop doing that. I understand white men have been painting their fingernails for decades. 
that's a white man thing okay yes white men do have more room to kind of explore their masculinity black men you do not (laughs) black men you do not so please stop it stop stop it stop it I don't want to see black men I don't care how light skin of a black man you are because I'm noticing more from light skin black men doing that (laughs) Drake Maul, well, Maul, he's more brown skin, but nonetheless, a, another black man wearing nail polish. Um, this guy from one of the reality shows on Netflix, uh, I forgot what it's called, but he's a black man wearing nail polish. Also, Alex from Flagrant wears nail polish. It's just like, what are we doing, dog? Can y'all stop? Can you stop? Like, what are you doing? Stop. Oh. Okay, so Travis Rudolph is found not guilty. I don't know why they just don't say innocent. Like, what the fuck is the difference? I don't know. I got to look into that. I think I I looked into that years ago, and I forget what was the answer, though. But uh, years ago, answer, though. (laughs) Okay, bars. Um, Yeah, so Travis Rudolph is found not guilty. And for those who may not be familiar of this case, this, there was um, some live trial coverage of this case of this former Florida State player named Travis Rudolph, and he was in a relationship with a woman who was legally married. She, I don't know if she still is, but she was legally married at the time of their affair, And she was upset with him because she happens to be going through his phone, which she shouldn't do, shouldn't do. One thing that I've learned throughout my years, (laughs) don't go through his phone. And I, I feel like, like, for what? For what, though? Like, okay, you find something. Okay, now what? What happens now? for me I just don't care to do it anymore I haven't done that in years since like my last well since Leprechaun Bay and I was like what was that six years ago now I don't know but it was a long time ago and I just feel like for what like if and then I realized like it's none of my business like I remember it it, with Leprechaun Bay when I went through his phone I was just annoyed with like him holding on to messages (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, right? Because I'm okay. Here's how I am. I keep only like I really don't keep text messages. By the end of the night, I delete most of the text messages that I got that day, and the ones that I do keep are the ones from people who I just oh I want to just keep it. It's just like sentimental to me. Um, but that's like very limited. So. Um, when I went through his phone and I was always like this throughout my life I was always like this I I just like to that's my way of organizing myself digitally um, digitally so when I went through his phone I noticed his text message had like hundreds of texts and it tells you like at the top like 100 600 like how many text message he has and I'm like why don't you do and I will scroll all the way down I'm like you have texts from two years ago like why do you still have texts from two years ago and I was legitimately getting mad at him for just being so unorganized um which was just not my place like regardless of how he organized his digital records that's none of my concern and so it wasn't on some like oh I saw something and oh are you cheating on me? it wasn't on that note it was just like me trying to be controlling and me getting mad that he wasn't organizing the way that I was organizing isn't that crazy come to think of it like I was <laughs> I was really upset we got an argument about it it was so silly and I and it was at that point I realized this is none of my concern whatever you do on your phone and and I'm not even again I'm not saying on some like oh whatever dirt you do I you know it's none of my I'm not I'm not no that's not the mindset I'm coming into it as I'm just saying like your phone is your business your emails are your business like your space is your space so now I really understand the whole response when guys would be like 
you were on my phone though? Why were you on my phone? You know, <laughs> feeling so violated because it is a violation. It is a violation. And I thankfully never uh, been with a guy who was interested in looking through my phone. Like I never been with like a guy like that, thankfully. Cause that's, that's freaky too. Like, cause I always adopted that as, or just seen that as a feminine type of behavior. And I'm sorry to say it, but like more women do that. So if I were to have ever experienced a man doing that bitch ass move, I would be like, okay, you a bitch ass nigga. Like, what are you, what are you doing on my phone, nigga? Like, what? Yes, I'm cheating on you. <laughs> it's a joke, it's a joke. Um, but no, that is a bitch move. So anyway, so she was on his phone and she found out that he was like texting some other girl. And uh, so she got upset. She started fighting him, like literally physically attacking him. She was throwing a lamppost at his head. It was like really hurting him. Uh, This was all caught on the ring cam. This was outside, (laughs) outside the, the front porch of his house. So after she leaves, she sent a text to her brothers or one brother of hers, and she's like, shoot his shit up, quote. And that colloquialism is pretty negative, right? I know white people don't say that, but like when a black person says shoot his shit up, that means you about to die, right? Or you about to, you know, get caught up in some stuff that you may not live from. So she was putting his life in danger. Her brother and his friends came to shoot his shit up. Like he really came to, uh, to honor his, his sister's wishes and decided to go about that. And they came with guns to shoot his shit up. Travis Rudolph defended himself and held his ground. He stood his ground and shot back. Um, and it ended the life of one of the people who was shooting at him. And because of that, he was in prison for, I don't know, was it like two years or maybe a couple of months, uh, like before the trial began. And then when the trial began, um, they finally uh, concluded that he was found not guilty of murder. And they, they decided to release him. So I wanna find exactly how long So let me read this. So the charges against Rudolph stem from an incident on April 7th, 2021, in which four men appeared on his doorstep shortly after midnight to confront him about a dispute he had with his girlfriend hours earlier. The confrontation turned violent, Rudolph said, and he armed himself with a semi-automatic rifle. Prosecutors said the men were trying to flee in a black Cadillac when Rudolph fired 39 rounds in their direction killing Sebastian Jean Jacques, okay, definitely Haitian, RIP, in the passenger seat and wounding his friend Tyler Robinson in the back of the car, the friend of Sebastian Jean Jacques. Rudolph asked Circuit Judge Jeffrey Gillen to dismiss the case last year on the basis of Florida's Stand Your Ground law, which permits the use of deadly force to protect against death or great bodily harm. Gillen denied his request, which was fucked up. Like, why would you deny my, like, I don't understand these laws. Like, why is it only applicable for white people to stand their ground? in some states that allow this law to to come about, but it's not applicable for black people to do the same. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like why have a law to just only have it be for a certain demographic? Racism, I get the answer. I'm just saying that rhetorically, like that's really fucked up. Like what is a stand your ground law if I can't stand my ground? Oh, stand your ground if only you're white? Is that what you're saying? So Gillen, who's a judge, denied his request, leaving jurors to decide whether Rudolph ended Jean-Jacques' life to save his own. So thankfully, the jurors decided to find him not guilty. Uh, Jurors had the option of convicting Rudolph of lesser offenses, including second-degree murder and manslaughter, but acquitted him of all charges. So praise the Lord. And I'm really, I'm just happy that some good news has finally happened for a black person, a black man in particular. Shout out to Tory Lanez. (laughs) I still 
think he should have been found not guilty, but whatever. But it's nice to see finally some level of goodness happen after a, a string of cases of black men being found guilty and it was unjust. Um, what they say. So I want to see, because he was spending some time in jail, though. But I can't find where or how long he did spend in jail. So let's assume that he spent some time in jail from 2021 up until this time, 2023. Uh, so, yeah, he's found not guilty. He is acquitted. He is a free man. I, I even hate saying free man in 2023. But I, I'm really happy to see that. And I wish that she, the woman who started all of this, was found guilty of something. Something but nothing and she was so rude if you guys watched the video there was this viral video of her on the stand having an attitude with the lawyer just speaking very defensively showing no accountability saying yeah i said shoot his shit up but i didn't mean shoot his shit up i just meant like anyone but him okay but the house no no violence against the house so what does that mean shoot is when you say shoot you're literally saying violence if you want to say, oh, context matters, it'll be one thing if you're saying, oh, I'm about to shoot some hoops, right? That's not violent. That is a colloquialism for um, playing basketball. Got it. But in this case, he wasn't playing basketball. He was doing what you ordered him to do, was to shoot his shit up. Anyway, that girl, maybe she could feel the karma of being responsible for the death of that friend of her brothers who was one of the four men who got killed during this um exchange but yeah you know just take on the good news of the fact that he was found not guilty and he is a free man and i'm really happy to hear that so that is awesome anyway you guys thank you so much for listening and i will check in with you all next time peace Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. If you liked it, leave a review, share, and subscribe. God bless.